So today, my guest on Mark My Words is somebody I have been waiting and waiting and waiting to have a one-on-one conversation with. And today is my lucky day. I actually found Lila a couple years ago through a clip of her singing on the Smule Karaoke that found its way on LinkedIn. I was like, wow, this woman's got an amazing voice. And for me, I'm, I'm a big music guy. I can't play anything or sing. I've got the trivia in my head. The facts are there and huge on music and performance arts and all that stuff. So I knew I had to be connected with uh, Lila Smith of Say Things Better. And what I discovered was just a really amazing person with a lot of death and has been through a lot of things. It's been on Broadway, which is like truly amazing and transition into this uh, entrepreneurial world that uh, I almost say we're living in. I guess I'm trying to live in it. You're definitely living in it. And uh, it is Lila Smith of Say Things Better. How are you doing today, Lila? I'm good. I, I'm so excited for this conversation also. You know, if I wrote Dear Diary, today I get to talk with Mark Schmidt. Uh, <laughs> Diary would not be surprised by my enthusiasm because I, I talk about you all the time. Like, you know, Mark Schmidt came again. You know, that guy Nimrod, whatever, on Instagram. <laughs> uh, he came again to another one of my shows and you add so much to the conversation that I was so excited to have a conversation of my own with you. I do want to set the record straight about Broadway because I have not performed in what is considered technically a Broadway show, even though I've performed in theaters in the theater district um, and all around the country. I never made it to Broadway. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's one of those things that I've thought about making like a whole informative post about in case anybody ever questions. The thing is, no one ever does because outside of the theater community, if you're doing theater in Manhattan in a theater that, you know, and you're getting paid for it, you're on Broadway. Like most people think that, and that's enough to get them to listen to me about what I'm actually talking about, you know, intentional communication and the tools I learned from theater that I use in communication coaching. So I decided to just not make a big thing about it because it's not a big thing for anybody else. But it was exciting for me just now to have that opportunity to, to kind of clarify that or at least get that out of myself. Do you know who Tim Grover is? He was a, he's an author. He wrote Relentless. He invented the term the cleaner or a cleaner. Uh, he was Michael Jordan's coach and Kobe Bryant's coach, like a personal trainer who brought the excellence to a higher level of excellence in what they do. And I got to meet him this year, right before COVID hit at the 10X Ladies Conference with my friend Shay Robottom in Las Vegas. And that was such a cool experience for me meeting him. And then after I met him in person, I went all in on learning everything that I could from the things he had put out there. So I've heard him tell a lot of the same stories on different podcasts, you know, but each time something new hits me. And this morning I was hiking 
uh, and walking outside, getting my exercise in for the day. And I was listening to him because he motivates me. And he said something today that struck me for the first time. And I related. He said he knew, he loved athletics, he loved sports, but he knew he wasn't going to make his money that way. And it's hard when you're in theater to ever think about making your money that way. Even the people who are making, you know, top dollar um, have to have a name that they developed elsewhere for the most part on Broadway. Most people don't start making money there. And so I, I, I think I kind of always knew I wasn't going to make my money there. But I was thinking this morning to myself, like, that was never the thing that stopped me from going all in on that industry. It was never that it was never that I wasn't going to make a ton of money there. It was never that I didn't think I could eventually reach the top levels of performance uh, and opportunities. It was that I felt I wasn't going to reach my maximum impact that way. I was just telling other people's stories with my own skill, with my own story behind it, but no one would ever hear it. You, you know, as a character. <laughs> and so they would see that. And eventually that stopped feeling, it stopped feeling good. And that's why I stopped. Not because I didn't think like, I'll make all that money or I'll never make it to Broadway because I knew I could make money doing anything. I had an e-commerce career, you know, I had money from being in mainstream professional life too. And I had artistic fulfillment until I didn't, until I started asking deeper questions. And what I love about your podcast is that you invite people to explore those other questions, the things that are not just on the surface, right? So that's why I've gone into this whole um, exploration, thinking out loud, really is what I've been doing, this word vomit about Broadway, not Broadway, but it is, it is a big part of my story that I didn't get there but that there was a better use for my creativity than where I was channeling it. Well, first of all, thank you for the exclusive here. Yeah, I've that. not talked about that like, or like gone into all that on anyone else's show ever. Well, I appreciate that. And really, I mean, just from my perspective, I mean, you made it pretty far. So how many people Yeah, I did. Say? No, you're right. Yeah. How many people can say they were within the theater district? Like, I can't say that. So. <laughs> yeah. I uh, know. You're right. I made my life professionally in theater. And outside of that community, outside of the theater community, who are not usually the people who need theater tools taught to them so that they can communicate in a professional, you know, corporate environment or do powerful messaging, they're not usually the ones who need it. And outside of that group of people, everybody else is like, yeah, but you were a professional actress, right? And I'm like, yes, I was, you know? So no one else really cares. It's really just been this thing that's been part of me. Like I'm waiting for somebody to stand up in one of my audience and send, on one of my audiences and say, but you never made it to Broadway, did you? You know, it's that imposter syndrome, that yeah. voice. Everyone has one, right? Like everyone's got that voice. It's just about what we tell that person. They're like, sit down. My audience doesn't care about that. They know I've got the goods. That's what they care about. Well, 
you definitely, through your posts and your work, that background comes out. And I think you use it very creatively to create your LinkedIn posts, especially. And uh, I mean, I feel like that background is always going to be with you. So one, one thing, so you transitioned out of that world and you went to the corporate world. And I know from just listening to you talk, unless I'm wrong, you can call me out, but uh, I feel like you were kind of just looking for a more, uh, I guess, balanced lifestyle and uh, in, in transitioning out of there. And you did that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I and mean, then, I, I kind of always had that life in e-commerce too, because the arts do not pay the way that, you know, commensurate with their value, certainly. But I needed some kind of a day job as I was auditioning. And I found that day job in what kind of looks like a pretty traditional career path for many people, especially in the fashion industry, you know, retail, wholesale, start, you know, adding things in like the website on the back end when e-commerce was becoming a really popular way of also selling things from the store. Well, how do we communicate with those people? How do we give them an in-store experience online and customer service? And then it's the branding and the social media. And so it, it all kind of added as normal people in the real world uh, that I don't consider myself to be, you know, like that they have this pretty traditional career path of discovery and addition. And so I ended up climbing, 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 learning, 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 expanding, 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 and applying what I knew from theater the whole time that I was doing this, which is absolutely why I was successful in connecting with people and opportunities that I wanted, creating creative experiences that gave me the opportunities that gave me the success that I had in this whole other world where I was eventually a director of e-commerce and a creator of exclusive experiences for brands, like big brands. And I have that life because I needed a day job for acting. (laughs) It's like, that was never the point. It was never supposed to be what I did or what I was good at. So I kind of felt like, well, one of these days, this temporary thing is going to change. And I just had no idea what it was going to change into once I let go of the, the dream label of actress. When I didn't have that anymore, uh, my day job became just my job. It was the only job. It was the only thing. And it was this thing that was supposed to be temporary and it kind of got away with itself as I became successful. And it was like I was living in someone else's story. And yeah, I did. I woke up. I think it was very early in when you and I connected. Um, You know, I I probably was still working in e-commerce then. And I woke up and I was like, "This this is not it. I know I have more than this. I don't know what it is. If it's maybe I should be at a different company or in a different kind of role. I just didn't know. I knew it wasn't acting because I wasn't happy doing that anymore. I knew it wasn't what I was doing. So it was very, it was depressing to feel like I have nowhere to go. What is even the point of me? And so that became the question. What is the point of me? 
that I had to explore. And that is where my community on LinkedIn started building was in that exploration and sharing things like my stories from the arts in an environment where there were corporate leaders who hadn't heard me talk about this before. And that's where I started thinking about how do I turn this idea that theater can influence people's communication in a professional setting or even just interpersonally and make something out of it? Is there even something there? And so I was testing little comments here and there, having conversations with people to see what stuck or what they were interested in. I didn't know, you know, and then I ended up creating Say Things Better. And now, now that's the purpose. Now that's the point of me. That's the point of me now. And you know, you touched on something that I wanted to uh, talk about, which is that transition from your corporate job to Say Things Better, which yeah, and that has to be one of the most organic transitions I've ever seen right? in my life. Because <laughs> yeah, all you did, and you can tell the story a little better than me, but just from my perspective, all you really did was just comment on people's posts and people gravitated towards you. They wanted your expertise and you figured out that all that knowledge and all that training that you had for all those years acting it came into hand you know like all that stuff that higher purpose you were looking for like you literally just you know stumbled across it and you took it and ran yeah yeah exactly I, that's exactly the story. I think you told it beautifully. I'm gonna take <laughs> you around with me everywhere and I'll be like, you can just ask Mark. He knows, he knows my story. <laughs> yeah. People on LinkedIn had not always been a content platform, although people were writing articles, you know, for a long time, but it's not how the platform was really treated until really until 2017 when Microsoft bought LinkedIn and invested in features like the feed, like the algorithm that everybody likes to attack, you know, like the messaging inbox, which had just got a much needed upgrade um, and stories that we now have. But in the feed, there used to just be some stuff from companies that advertise to people with certain job descriptions and maybe an article here and there. Mostly people used it to post a resume and stay connected with people that they had previously or were currently working with. And that was it. When it became a content platform, it happened to be around the same time that I got started with my own exploration. It was this divinely created, this, this crash of me into this space. And I had been on Facebook, you know, Every day, every morning, I would wake up and open Facebook. That was the app that I would go to first. That little blue and white social media icon on my phone got my thumb first thing every morning. And the conversations that I was having there were killing my brain cells, killing my heart, killing my hope in humanity. Everything was, it just felt ugly. And remember that that was at a time when I was also feeling worthless, temporary, inactive and so then to be compounded with this the facebook effect on me it made me feel like there wasn't anywhere of value that i could even 
possibly fit into, right? Because the whole world was on Facebook in 2017. Um, and I went over to LinkedIn and it just to maybe send a few messages to people I had worked with before, ask them some questions like, what did you like about working with me? I'm trying to think if there's something else I might be supposed to do. And that was my goal. But when I got there, it was like, well, who are these people? And by these people, I mean the ones in the feed who are writing things, posting things, uh, creating discussions uh, with people they had never met before. Well, I've never met them before. I want to meet these people. It was like I had been led into the secret door like Narnia, you know, in the back of the wardrobe. You know, I, it's like a, you know, a nerdy book reference, but it feels <laughs> like I opened a secret door into a world where I couldn't even have imagined or created in my mind this vision of how much value there was there. The generosity that people had in sharing their own stories and advice and the connections that people were reaching out to form across the world, across cultures, across industries. This was it. And I was like, can I make my life just this? Can I just stay on LinkedIn all day and talk to people and learn from them and ask them questions? And so I was, I was fascinated and everyone seemed so interesting to me. So what I started doing was celebrating and, and tagging them in and bringing these people that I didn't even know into conversations with me by tagging them into comments on other people's posts before I was even writing stuff of my own. I would see a post and it would talk about, I don't know, something someone learned in the military. And I would maybe tag in someone else with military experience to bring their perspective. And I would say, you know, from what I've seen of um, Jorge Cortijo, I, I know him to be someone who has this, this four domain approach to coaching. And part of the discipline you know, that, that I know he also brings to this and with his clients comes from his military experience, but he's also adding all of these other elements that are left out of the military experience. So I'd love to hear what he has to say, what perspective he has to add to this conversation. Just because Mark, like you, I wanted to just have the conversations. I was just so happy to be there. And so I started bringing people in and I was like, oh, you know what would be cool? If he would comment, if he would bring his perspective. But what people noticed in my doing that was the way I took in information. So the way I processed what I had read, the fact that I could easily articulate someone's specific value and what they would bring to that conversation. And just my attitude in general, being a community builder, being collaborative, really caring and being interested in asking questions. And so those are things that are part of me that were encouraged in theater, where we create art from people's stories to celebrate the individual. We delve deep before we even play a character into a script so that we are doing detective work anytime we see a line of text about that person. And I was doing that naturally. I had internalized this process of acting and script analysis, went onto social media, onto LinkedIn, and everyone was a character because I didn't know any of them. So I applied the same 
actor detective model of learning about people and what was important to them. And people would give me amazing opportunities uh, as a result. So I, I eventually was like, I, I know there's something in this, right? Like, uh, I'll figure it out. Because people were asking me and saying, you, you said this thing about me in a comment the other day that so beautifully put what it is that I do. Can you find that comment so I can make it my headline? Or can you write something for me? I'll pay you. And I'm like, you don't have to pay me for that. That's not something people get paid for, right? And you're like, yes, actually it is. And now I do. But at the time, that wasn't what I was there for. So I, I was just going around and doing free branding work for people all over the place because I was just so happy and it was so easy for me to be like, oh, you're the guy who always has the random rare switch part that prevents power outages in old buildings and no one else has them. It's Cody Wisenhunt at um, BCS, BCS Switchgear, by the way. That's who I'm talking about with that random thing. I know how to say that about someone. I know how to say Pedal Pennycook is the coach who helps you to forgive yourself and never asks you to forgive the people who traumatized you before you're able to move on with your life. Like I can say those things about really almost everyone I'm connected with and which is now about 30,000 people in my immediate network and then 42,000 followers on LinkedIn as we record this. I, I know those people. I know, I know who they know are. Them. I know what they do. Yeah. How do you and know? How do you know? I know. <laughs> I know just through your passion and just the yeah. way that you know things about me. So that's how I know. Sure. Like you, yeah. you're the type of person you care about every person you cross paths with. And that's how I know that. And I feel like, so there was something I wanted to say. You said a lot of good stuff there. So I'm going to try to read I know I'm talking my... a lot today. I have a lot of um, <laughs> energy from having worked out. So I, I feel like I'm on overdrive talking, but I, I will be quiet and <laughs> give questions. No, 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 that's okay. You're, uh, you're doing great. Um, okay. So, man, what did I want to say? <laughs> um, so one thing I can say is your story and how you found a home on LinkedIn. It's a little bit similar on my end because for me personally, I have always found it kind of hard to just kind of find my place. So any, I, I, don't, I don't want to say anywhere because that's an absolute, but a lot of places I've gone, I just haven't really felt like I found my place. And when I got really going on LinkedIn because I was one of those people for many years. I'm like, okay, I'm putting my resume on here. Mm -hmm. I'm connecting with people I know and have worked with. But something changed when I left my company. So I was given a buyout package. This is 2016 and kind of got into the media contracting world. So I went from being a manager to just contracting all over the DC area, but I wasn't feeling the same amount of fulfillment. So that's when I started up my blog and was just really kind of looking for 
something to bridge the gap. I just started to feel like, you know, there's, I feel like there's more to me than just climbing yeah. the corporate ladder. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I just felt like my calling in life was something a little bit different. So that's, I started discovering like my writing skills. Haven't written in a long time, so I started up the blog. I started posting stuff on LinkedIn. One thing led to another, and I started connecting with people like you. And I started going to like LinkedIn local events and started really connecting with people both in my area and outside. And after a while, I was like, boy, you know, I'm, my confidence is just really going up just yeah. as far as like posting video content. Like I thought I was just one of those people hanging in the background, do that kind of thing. I, I write, I, I know my career is like a very technical behind the scenes kind of thing. So mm-hmm. I, but I always felt that passion inside of me that I wanted to do things like I'm doing today, but just didn't have the confidence. But people like you and so many others I've met, this community have really built me up to the point where I'm now hosting a podcast. And, you know, I see things in each other, right? Like, yeah, right. That is one of the values of having a community because it's not, enough to just hear from one person I think you know you're a really good communicator or you're a really good writer right like if I said that to you maybe it would mean something to you coming from me but when 50 people you respect say the same thing to you you gotta listen we we shine a light on each other's value when I get a DM from somebody that I barely know whether I'm connected to them or not and they say, hey, I found your podcast. I listened to a few episodes and this is awesome. Like, do you know how great that makes me feel? That means like everything to me, even though I don't know that person. That's the kind of thing that keeps me going. It's like, okay, I need to continue doing this. And it's, it's contagious. You know what one of my favorite things of yours is, (laughs) Um, and it's so random, but you you wrote this quiz, and I'm not sure where it is, but I'm sure you can link it in the show notes for your listeners. You wrote a quiz about household items, like every about adulting, right? And every adult should know what these household items are, and and I, I recommend that people go through this quiz and just check yourself to make sure that like, you know, you are an adult and you should be able to name like what all of these different household items are. Uh, But I remember, I I don't now I don't remember what it was, but I had to look up one of the words. I think it was like a grinder. And I'm like, do I know what a grinder looks like? (laughs) like a food grinder. (laughs) Maybe I'm not a full adult yet, but it was just, it was just a fun way of reflecting on myself and seeing which things you had chosen and what those options are. Do you remember why you did that? I, I remember exactly why I did that. And first of all, I'm, I'm truly impressed that 
you remember such a random thing that I posted. <laughs> I think it's fascinating that you that you took the time. It wasn't just like one of those BuzzFeed quizzes either. It was, I mean, you really wrote <laughs> these these clues that were rich in value for someone talking about spoiler alert, a dishwasher, right? You really gave context to what this household item was and why it was special and why it was used and how people implemented it. I thought it was genius. I thought this was one of the most special pieces of writing that I had seen in an area where none of the writing is special. <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't know, get something up that people will click through, right? You really well, had put thought into this and you created something. I will never forget that. Well, the story behind that, for about a year, year and a half, I had a freelance writing job with a company called Valnet. And one of the things that they do is write quizzes. So they might write quizzes about entertainment or, you know, like the one you spotted, the household items. And a lot yeah. of the stuff that I did was like sports and entertainment based, but I must have had to write some stuff like that too. And it's a job that I wish I was still doing. I, I loved it, but, uh, you know, I you loved up. it. Do it. Then you'll be the quiz guy. Well, why should you I, do it if you loved it? Well, okay. I mean, I have thought about doing something like that on my own, but, uh, yeah, you, yeah? you know my schedule. It's, uh, crazy schedule at this point. Okay, so let's use this time right now. Like we have, let's take the next two minutes and you can create a quiz while we are live recording your podcast. So what's something that you're curious about today, Mark? Uh, I am curious about, I don't know. I mean, oh man. Well, you're, you're always curious about music, right? I'm always curious about music. Okay, so pick a genre, any specific genre. Uh, I don't know. Even though I know a lot about it, I'll say 80s pop music. Okay, 80s pop music. So this is called the 80s pop quiz. Get it? Like the pop quiz. Um, so what do you do? I don't even know what you do to create a quiz. So what's your first step in creating an 80s pop quiz? Well, you... From my experience, so we use WordPress and okay. we there's like a specific quiz template that you use to write the questions, uh, import the the pictures that go along with it, and you just gotta come up with the questions. I mean, maybe something a little less, uh, I guess, uh, general than that. Maybe something a little more focused in. Uh, so questions, answers, and clues? Yeah, so questions, answers, clues. Okay, so give me, get, this is a two-question quiz, okay? So one question, uh, why don't you give me an answer like Jeopardy? So who's your favorite, let me ask you, who's your favorite 80s pop icon? Oh or one God. of your top 50 favorites? Any, the first one that you think of. First one that I'm thinking of, only because it's easy is Madonna. Perfect. Okay, so Madonna is the answer. 
Um, do you know anything weird about Madonna that I don't know? Oh my gosh. Um, I mean, I could say what Sean Penn movie that Madonna wasn't in did she have a song on the soundtrack of? That's a great question. I have no idea. <laughs> I could um, be wrong. I think I think it's uh well Well you're gonna I, check it on your own time, right? But like yeah. <laughs> we're just making something here. Perfect doesn't exist in the draft phase. If yeah. it's not the right question, you can always swap it out with something else later, right? Um, yeah. Did she have a, and what do you think that movie is? Well, I'm thinking Vision Quest, but I I want to say Sean Penn was in it, but maybe he wasn't. And now I'm second well, you can guessing. Always call it what's something movie. Well, whoever, whatever it was. Um, and then that is going to be the answer. Okay. Well, so who's your next, what's question two? 80s pop is the theme. Uh, I don't know. Oh man, we're going to take up our time. <laughs> I think it's interesting for people to hear what your thought process is, because this is, you know, I would never, when I thought of like a question or something about Madonna, I'm thinking about, you know, she's, she, where she comes from or um, her family, you know, and shows you how much I know about her music. Right. Or like maybe she had like an, um, an interesting backup dancer or somebody famous wrote the words to one of her songs, uh, you know, something like that. Right. I would never have gone so granular as what Sean Penn movie that she wasn't in. Did she have a song on the soundtrack of? It shows me that you know so much that your first question is at a granular level I never would have reached. Fair enough. Well, I was wrong. It was actually Matthew Modine. Vision okay, quest. so what Matthew Modine movie? Yeah. Um, and there we go. So what Matthew Modine movie that Madonna wasn't in, did she have a song on the soundtrack of? And that would be Vision Quest. Okay, so those people who are listening to this episode right now have an unfair advantage in taking this quiz. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but so anyway, you could write another question another right. time, but that is, I think that was a really interesting exercise just to be like, I know that your brain works differently in this area than mine does. And yeah. I don't know how you come up with the things that you write in the quiz, but I think it was a perfect example for people of that you're thinking of the random, the, the really interesting, the stuff that people don't really know. So that when they're thinking, how could you possibly make a quiz interesting about household items? You have to ask someone like Mark to make it. Right. That's the thing. Right. Because it's the same old, same old from people who are writing things about the same old, same old topics. Yeah. When you ask a writer like Mark to explore something, that's the kind of question you're going to get. That's the kind of clue. That's the kind of richness in, in that clue, in that discussion. And that's what you bring to the table. Wow. I, I knew I was going to get challenged a little bit with this today. (laughs) I was like, you know, she's going to find something to challenge me on, which is great. I probably yeah. need that. No, that's, that is definitely part of my personality. That's really I amazing. insist. You well, know, when people are spectacular, I insist on their spectacular presence. 
Well, I appreciate you bringing that out. And uh, even though my facts may not have been 100% right, I appreciate Not the point, talking. right? Yeah. Yeah. Like you, you get the facts right eventually. Like the question is not less interesting because it's not Sean Penn. Yeah. It's Matthew Modi, right? Like the question itself is the skill. Yeah. You can yeah, always could, figure out the perfect stuff later. Yeah, I, I could have sworn that it was him, but uh, you put me on the spot. I didn't have enough <laughs> Well, but, don't uh, be embarrassed. None of, I don't no. even know. I didn't even know how to spell Modine, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is yeah. like, so how I gained all this knowledge. So obviously I lived through the 80s and the 90s and, you know, lived through those eras, but for some reason just have always had a real interest. I can remember watching MTV like from the time I was in kindergarten and I can remember songs that were popular like actually on the radio popular like I'm talking 83, 84 I was so little but I have a very long memory I've always had a real interest like I wanted to work in MTV. What I'm doing right now in my day-to-day job I wanted something like that at MTV. I wanted to be the guy playing the videos all day, but instead yeah. I get to play the music, which is still amazing. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, just so that's kind of where that all came from. Um, so wow, I love knowing that. Yeah, yeah, but uh, you're lucky that through all of that, I remember things that I still want to talk about. <laughs> I don't know why anybody wants to talk about me at all. You know, like I, I do not find myself that interesting. I get that it's different than what other people do. Not everybody's a communication coach or, uh, you know, does marketing consulting for entrepreneurs or speakers. And it's, that's not what everybody else does, but by far, I am not the most interesting, special, clever, spectacular person in my network. Everybody that I meet is so fascinating. And, and I mean everybody in, in my network. And if someone's not, and bless you for saying that you think I care about everybody, I, I don't. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just happen to care deeply for people that I find interesting. And so I move on really quickly from people I'm not interested in. <laughs> But the people I am interested in have this experience of me that I care because I do, because they're interesting. So it's that, you know, um, let, let everybody think that I care deeply about everyone, but I really care about people's stories when those stories must be told. I think it's different when it's you because I don't find myself to be particularly like, really interesting or anything like that but that's so crazy to me yeah yeah, and i feel the same way on this end i'm like she's gotta be out of her mind here like you know the energy that you're bringing and the way you challenged me during this uh podcast like (laughs) i can promise you not one single other person out of thirty thousand direct connections on linkedin has ever written a quiz about 
household appliances. I can uh, promise you that. I'm sure right? you're right. Like, yeah, that's, if you're one in 30,000 for that, that's fascinating. No, and I, I understand where you're coming from. And yeah. I think that's why anybody who has discovered this podcast, because it is a little bit different than a lot of other things you might see. So anybody who's stumbled across it, they've been like, wow, this is great. It's different. And Good. That, that yeah, means, I'm glad everyone's having the same experience as I am. And, and that means a lot to me. And uh, um, So in our last five minutes or so, um, what questions do you want me to bang out real quick? Okay, so let's be punchy about it. Say things okay. better. How, okay. how can somebody say things better? I have learned through you, because anytime I say something when we're talking online, you always like say it better than I do. So how do you, <laughs> <laughs> and you do uh, every single time? Well, so you can, I, everyone can come to my workshops and learn in, in depth, but actually um, this guy, Cody, I mentioned before, the guy with the rare switches for things, he implemented a tool I suggested for him, which was to place one post-it note on the computer frame so that every time he would send an email, he'd have to look at it first. And the post-it note has two questions. Do they know what they need to know? Did I make them feel what I want to make them feel? So that it's just two questions. How do, how do I make them feel and what do they need to know? So that you're checking your communication to make sure that if they need to know something, you're giving them that information and that you actually take the time to care how they are going to feel when they read your email. So if you just ask yourself those two questions, you're already saying things better. Okay, excellent. Um, how, so when you look back on your life and you see all the transitions you've made, is it all what you expected it to be? Are you where you envisioned yourself? No, I very frequently can't even see where I am. I'm in the middle of a, a tornado. <laughs> it's what it feels like all the time spinning out of control. And uh, it's actually hard for me to create a vision for the future because things have changed so fast for me. So I'm, I'm starting that deep work now on how to create the vision and acknowledging for myself, which is hard for me, that I might not get it right and the vision might change. And when it does, that'll be okay. Fair enough. Um, what is next for you? Say things better. What's next for you? Next, you know, like we, like we said with the, the vision, right? I could say something like, I want to work towards being a, a communication coach for the White House or integrating say things better into corporate cultures or whatever. I could say any number of things that I'm working towards. The very next thing for me and my frame of mind right now has to be about the next thing I do. So as soon as we're finished recording, I'm going to start a silent co-working session, which is two hours that people will come to on my Zoom channel. And we're just going to quietly work together. And in that time, I'm going to get back to the people who are in my email inbox. And that is a time block that I have set aside for that. 
And I won't even think about what comes after that until that is done. I've already blocked out my calendar. I know what's happening in it. So outside of this next moment, that next thing that I'm doing, I really couldn't tell you what's next. <laughs> I'm just, I have to stay focused moment to moment and reprioritize as things change. Yeah, I think, I feel like I've seen a post of you doing a silent work environment thing. Yeah. I think that's really cool. And if I did actually work from home, I would uh, probably join in on that. Um, two oh, thank you. Two more questions. Sure. I know you got to go. Okay. But uh, if I'm somebody who's trying to or aspiring to be the next you or anybody trying to be an entrepreneur on their own, what advice do you have for them? Well, don't try to be the next me. That would be the first advice. You know, I'm still trying to figure it out. No, seriously. um, And you'll never be successful. If you're trying to be the next that person, you are already going to fail because you never will be that person. So that's the first piece of advice is figure out what your thing is. What are you different at at least? And I'm not going to say better, but what are you different at? (laughs) The way that Mark Schmidt writes a quiz, asks a question, provides a clue, can, can write in depth and detail and evoke emotion around a vacuum. Like what, <laughs> that's your different thing, right? One of, one of many different things. If that's the different thing that you would be proud and thrilled to wake up every morning with the chance to do, then start asking yourself some questions about taking inventory in your own life Where am I already doing this? And where do I have opportunities to add it in? So that you start transitioning your focus before you start transitioning your income. And you, like always, you said that uh, brilliantly because different is the key word to that. And I meant symbolically, like not literally next to you, just symbolically. I know what you meant, but I think it was a good place to, to jump off. If you want to reach, you know, a big audience on LinkedIn, there are things that you can do. But I think instead of focusing on the size, uh, if you think about the person, the kind of person you want to reach, the kind of person who would benefit from your kind of different, they come to you. It starts becoming this magnet when you consistently show up with your brand of different, people notice it. And if they're not the ones for your brand of different, they still might share it with that one person they know who is. I couldn't agree more. Um, so we're uh, at the end of the road here. So there's so yeah. much more I'm sure we could talk about. But uh, how can uh, anybody find you for your services or just follow along with you on social media? Yeah, following me on LinkedIn is a good idea to just kind of get introduced to my content or things that I talk about. But if you actually want to work and you want to hire me to work on something with you directly, email me, lila at saythingsbetter.com. If you're not sure, you just want to kind of test something out or show up for an event, have some more time with me. If you look on my LinkedIn profile, which is Lila Smith, L-I-L-A-S-M-I-T-H, or you can look up the hashtag saythingsbetter and you'll find me. If you look on my LinkedIn profile in the summary or about section, I always list up next. So you can find my upcoming workshops, which are pay what you want through the end of the year if I'm hosting them. 
And you'll also be able to find opportunities to learn from me and with me as I attend other events or as I'm a speaker or workshop facilitator. Uh, and I'll, I'll list those opportunities on my profile too. So you can always find me there. And of course, on saythingsbetter.com. And if you really want to peek into my, like behind the scenes of my personal life, uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Lila Lasagna. If you're really that interested in me and all the cheese I eat, <laughs> that's where to find it. And uh, lasagna is probably one of my favorite dishes. So, uh, yeah, yeah, who doesn't love lasagna? Who doesn't? Yeah. Wrong people. But that's okay. <laughs> they can like other things. <laughs> Fair enough. That can be their brand of different. That, that can be their brand of different. Well, Lila, I feel like we could have probably gone another hour, but uh, I will let you go on with your day. Thank you so much for taking some time out and challenging me on my day off from work. And uh, <laughs> Hey, thanks for being up for it. You knew what you were getting into, and, and oh, I, I love that. You know, I love I, that you are the kind of guy who's a, a come-with-her, which is my favorite kind of person. It's when, when I or somebody else has this great idea and a lot of enthusiasm and is like, hey, you want to come? You want to come with? And you just say yes. And then you show up. And when you show up, you are all there. I love that about you. And I appreciate that you brought that to this episode. Well, with this amount of positive energy, how can I not go along with it? So <laughs> thank you so much for everything. And uh Thanks for tuning in to Mark My Words. I'll be back soon with another episode. This was Lila Smith. I'm Mark Schmidt. Thanks a lot.